0: You're listening to the only podcast in the universe where clothing is optional, but pot is not. Broadcasting from FEMA Region 7, it's bowl after bowl with your hosts, Lorian and Spencer. I'm
1: being big. I'm being big like a cake. All right everybody, hello, hello, welcome.
0: Welcome bowlers.
1: Welcome bowlers and trollers.
0: Huge thank you to Dame Jennifer.
1: Yes, Dame Jennifer. For introducing us. Those uh, instantly recognizable vocals there. So good. So great, she got a few of them for us but uh, that's the one we came up with for the main intro right now. Probably switch it up a little bit. Um, we'll have a link in the show notes when we get it uploaded to her website but she does uh, do pro reads uh, vocal talent you probably recognize her from No Agenda Show and other related podcasts so thank you so much to her for uh, doing those reads for us it's really fantastic
0: may your bowls burn ever brighter
1: and uh, cheers also to uh node bit or no debit however you pronounce it for uh the use of the stream and Fletcher got me on so we are actually streaming in the smoker right now so in the smoker to all you hog story chatters
0: yeah in the smoker thanks everyone
1: we actually do have a good chunk of things to talk about today uh Lorian like did a lot of Uh, rooting up a bunch of different stories to talk about that are relevant and kind of more in our wheelhouse of what we used to talk about uh, in the early days of the show, just kind of uh, drug war related stuff and uh, also specifically developments here in the state. Uh, So should be a good one. should be a good thing. uh, Some some good things to talk about and get into.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah, because we started bowl after bowl when we were super deep in the pot activism going to the Capital to lobby with Normal, and even driving out to D.C. to lobby there. Wild times, wild adventures.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it seems like it was like three to four events a week we were going to at the peak of it. At
0: least. um, Putting on events ourselves.
1: I mean, when Signature Gathering was in full swing, we were doing that too like crazy, so. uh, Just a lot of that stuff.
0: Yep. Then... We got medical and moved to Kansas City. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, and that program is kind of rolling out as we speak. Uh, I think the Coroni Coronas have sort of set it back a little bit. Um,
0: Well, the Coroni Coronas has set our state back on the full rec measure. They weren't able to get enough signatures to put full rec on
1: the ballot this year. Now, it's my understanding that there was no real, like, super organization or money or any effort behind that right there there was like three different people collecting for three different types of rec ballot but uh and i th- you know i'm totally talking out of school here um because it's just like bits and pieces i've heard other people talk about but i wanted to say that uh pain was behind one of them yep
0: yeah john but Payne. just
1: just like he didn't have the money behind it and the 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 reason for that is, you know, everybody just passed the the medical ballot the last cycle. Well, it passed, it passed in 2018, correct? Yes. And so everybody who was the big money behind that, now their big money went into licensure fees that are non-refundable, and their big money is going into building, you know, facilities and grows and setups. So they're sinking all this money into the medical structure. And so yet again, we're just another state that has now embedded itself... And it's money, and it's like, uh, what do I want to say? Like a lot of inertia put into the medical thing. So don't ex—I wouldn't really expect a rec move anytime soon, unless a big thing happens at the federal level.
0: Yeah, that's that's the pipe dream. <laughs> right. We need the federal change, but Dan Veet said they're going to go for it again, twenty twenty-two. So.
1: I'm sure they'll keep trying and chipping away at it and stuff. Um, obviously the ideal is to completely end prohibition. Like, wouldn't that be nice? But, um, you know, I guess we can have debates about what, the medical being a better step or a step in the right direction. I I think so, even in the little uh, points. I think the law was written well because it was written by, A, people who are already familiar with uh, what other states have done, and, B, uh, actually familiar with the plant itself and the grow side and the cannabis patient side yes so that translates into smart limits for home grow the ability even to home grow the fact that you can have six plants but that six plants actually translates into six plants at all three stages of the plant's life right so six plants means you can actually have six clones and six in the veg cycle and six in the flower cycle simultaneously, um, which means that if you're a patient, you can keep your grow cycle going so you can, you know, be harvesting on reg- regular intervals. You don't have to start all the way over from seed every time you harvest. Uh, another good thing is the dosage or the max recommended allowed per patient, which I believe they came up with an a- an ounce a week. Yeah. Is that right? So an ounce a week is sort of the standard dose if you're prescribed. Which uh it's good it's a good amount, That's good. Of, it's yeah. good amount of nug. You smoking an ounce a week. Now you told me that there's a disparity between flour versus the concentrated oils, correct?
0: Yeah. They have uh the department of the department they came up with an equivalency.
1: Health and human services. Chart.
0: Yes, thank you. They came up with an equivalency chart. So like if you're buying dabs then you know it's like one gram of shatter is you know an eighth of nug and yes. so then you know you gotta do the math on that but hey you can get it but they did just ban um edible candies mm. like because they think it appeals to children
1: so, so none of Fletcher's
0: no gummy worms
1: super low 150 milligram gummy worms
0: <laughs> Nope, not not in Missouri. Can't buy them here. But I mean, you, maybe you could make like. A, uh,
1: here's my <laughs> finger quotes. Can't, can't buy yeah. them here. Right. Can't buy them where Fletcher's at either. Hey. No. Full load candy. He says in the chat.
0: They named like cotton candy in there. I was like, ooh.
1: Medibles.
0: Medibles says blue
1: douche thirty three.
0: See now, we can still have like brownies and cookies and stuff. It just can't be animal shaped or.
1: You can't put like, sprinkles on the brownies? Like, as soon as you put a <laughs> sprinkle on there, is that illegal? That's now? a good question. If we, like, say uh, my grandma's uh, having a 70th birthday party and I put a candle on it, is that is that no good? Not that my grandma eats weed brownies. But. Well, you
0: wouldn't <laughs> buy it with the candle on it. That would be your own doing. So I think it, the brownie itself would be fine. Okay. And then you can put sprinkles on yourself and candles or whatever. But, you know, no gummy bears. No gummy worms.
1: Um, I guess I did before we dive too deep on other stories, want to also mention, uh, we're getting the website up piece by piece. So, bullafterbull.com finally goes to a webpage now. <laughs> uh, it's been parked for so long, but, uh, um, I don't even think you can get the episodes there yet. We're still on Podbean right now. So bullafterbull.podbean.com is where you find the episodes. For now, I will be integrating them over the coming weeks into the bullafterbull.com website. Uh, our emails have still worked. Spencer and Lorian. Spencer at bullafterbull.com and Lorian at bullafterbull.com if you want to give feedback to the show. Uh, we did mention at the last show we'll set, we set up a voicemail. So you can also get that voicemail number on the website if you ever forget it. Um, it's
0: And if you want to call right now and leave us a voicemail, we'd gladly play it. Our number is 816-607-3663.
1: There you have it. Um, and then I also integrated a little donate button, but, you know, that's way down the road. Yeah, um, once
0: we've provided more value for you. Correct. <laughs>
1: Um, I think we do want to go value for value route, but yeah, absolutely. like Lorraine said, we're trying to stack up something of value first. Yeah. <laughs> Slow rollout. Slow rollout. But, uh, we're making strides and, and a huge thanks to the no agenda community just as a general, um, thank you for just being the energy that we can bounce off of feed off of noagendasocial.com um and and the meetups and everything about that community has really like re energized us and want made us want to get back to doing this kind of stuff again, so yeah, um, so it's so good for your health. it's great it's like I mean
0: actual free speech zone
1: <laughs> absolutely
0: freedom of thought we can disagree, still get along, still be friends. it's awesome
1: so the most interesting story that I saw on your list was also, I think, the one at the top. Yeah. Talking about this uh, (laughs) DHSS investigation.
0: Yeah. So 600 medical patients in Missouri have just found out that their certificate was uh, sent to the department by a con man, essentially, pretending to be another doctor in the state. Um, And it was all done via telemedicine, probably during this COVID bullcrap. And so now they're getting these notifications, and they have 30 days to find a legitimate doctor to get recertified and submit their paperwork all over again to the department. Um, But this, this doctor, whose name was being used, was in Independence, and she only found out and gave the alert to the department that something weird was going on because... Um, a medical patient contacted her asking for her medical records, and she was like, I don't know who you are. You're not my patient. I've never seen you
1: before. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, this is the reading now from the Missouri government's uh, official press release. Based on findings during a recent and ongoing investigation, the Section for Medical Marijuana Regulation within the Department of Health and Senior Services has determined that approximately 600 patient licenses have been issued to applicants who submitted physician certification forms with an unauthorized physician signature. At this time, there is no evidence to indicate the affected patients were aware the physician listed was not the physician who met with them. However, the physician certification for these patients was not valid. Patients impacted by this fraudulent activity will be notified, and they will be allowed 30 days to submit a valid certification to DHSS. If the certification is not received, the patient's license will be revoked Uh, then it cites the law and a prorated refund of the original registration fee for the amount of time left on the deactivated license will be provided. So basically they prorate however much time you had left when they found out your thing is fraudulent and they'll give you that much money back. (laughs) But you still pay for the amount of time that you had a fraudulent license, I guess. This is just another one of many, many examples of how fucking stupid the medical route to ending prohibition is. It is an extra burden on doctors yep. who now have uh, I guess their licensure even at risk because fraudsters are going around pretending to be doctors using real doctors names to sign you up for a, for a medical license. Uh, the patient I mean these grifters are drawn to this market, and it creates a perfect atmosphere for them to thrive. So it's just it's just so ridiculous that we we have to take this step um, from here to freedom. When the the whole thing it's just like just just leave it alone. The one of the safest plants on earth, uh, with medical medical efficacy, one of the hardest things to overdose on, that's medically active, that we know of. And it, it, supposedly, everyone's hairs on fire, requiring all these regulations. I don't know. It just it just upsets me. And this is just another example of uh, how big of a pain in the ass it all is.
0: Yeah, it's too much. But there were also like I saw a story last night with a hotline for the department where if you thought a doctor was giving out too many certifications, you could report them. Like if you went in and. You're like, well, I don't have any of the qualifying medical reasons to get a card, but I just want one. And the doctor was like, okay, well, you could screw yourself and report them. I was like, you got to be kidding me. So now they're looking into doctors that are writing too many certifications, too. It's just like, you got to be kidding me.
1: Yeah, it's, it's just, there's so many more unique ways to get screwed over and cheated and lied to and conned. In a medical market. Yep. And what from what we saw out in, in California, with when we first experienced, like...
0: How a medical market works. Right.
1: They, you know, we went to the Cannabis Cup in 2015 that High Times put on, the Medical Cannabis Cup in San Bernardino, and day one, you stand in this massive line at a tent, because there's people from all over the country, and you've got to be a California licensed patient to get... Past the little checkpoint and into the fun zone, right where the all of the vendors are and the tents are and the, where they're handing out free dabs and free joints and you know just sm- smoking absolutely the most weed probably ever seen in a public setting still to this day. Uh, but you know to get in there you got to have a medical certification. So you stand in line. They got pop up tents like you see at any kind of farmers market or barbecue. Those little pop up tents. Um, And they've got the, the full tent. So there's like canvas going all the way to the ground. You can't just see into the tent. It's like a little private room tent. And then inside is some person with like a white coat and glasses on and a little clipboard uh, asking you like for your California address. And you're like, huh? Like, and they're like, are you staying at a hotel? Like, what's your California address? They like ask you again, you know, like with a little wink, like. And then, like, do you want a three-day certification or a seven-day certification or, like, a... I mean, it's so bogus what was going on. like, the cheapest thing you could get was, like, a three-day certification for $60. And so for $60, you have a three-day prescription for some weed.
0: But that's all it came down to was, like, do you have 60 bucks? Okay, here's your medical license for the weekend. (laughs) You know,
1: it was just another uh, thing to buy and thing to stand in line for. But, like, to try and pretend that it was some kind of a prescription for a medicine at this event especially which was essentially just a, a, a festy yeah it was festival. a festy i mean um what, what what what's the rapper that headlined that night oh rosé oh, rosé yeah rick ross <laughs> rick ross <laughs> rick ross was fucking headlining the uh <laughs> the medicine <laughs> event you know so i mean that can tell you uh that can tell you all about it i don't know I get it. Politically, I get it. I mean, don't get me wrong. I've been in it long enough to know how it all works. But the fact that it was set up to roll out slowly this way just is kind of... It's like everyone, even the people on your side aren't on your side because they're just trying to make a buck off you.
0: Yep. Well, I'm talking about a slow rollout. We have 330... ding, ding, ding. 330... Approved grow facilities in Missouri. And how many are open? One. Just opened July 1st.
1: One is open, huh? That's what you said, a grow facility?
0: Yeah. And it's Belief, who is a familiar name in Missouri because when we got our CBD law in, when was that? Was that 2012? 2014? Bless you. Excuse me.
1: Wee lad yeah uh somewhere in there
0: yeah missouri was a cbd legal state cbd only um which you know is great for like severe epilepsy and a lot of other things it's got good anti-inflammatory properties but there were um two growers approved for that belief and noah's noah's what was it i think it's a noah's noah's ark foundation Mm because Noah's Relief is one of the strains named after one of the children. Oh, I see. Yeah. Um,
1: he was one of our faci- pa- uh, famous kid patients.
0: Yeah. And so Belief is the first grow facility to open. However, none of the dispensaries are open. Right. So.
1: Well, and, and to be fair on that, you you know, it, you can't open a grow facility and then sell the weed right away because you've got to grow right. it. Right. So it takes, you know, a good three months to grow it or something, yeah. give or take.
0: But I mean, a lot of these dispensaries are halted on like even beginning their setup of shop, it seemed like. Yeah. From the stories I'm reading, just because of the COVID, they're like, well, the construction guys can't come.
1: Yeah, there's a COVID. lot of, I mean, there's so many people in place to make it happen. You've got the construction you or, you know, the. a lot of these are... Rentals or, you know, they got to sign leases or they got yep. to purchase commercial properties. They've got to install security and be in compliance security wise. They've got to set up their rooms a certain way, use certain lighting. Then it's got to all be inspected.
0: Yeah, the inspectors. That's what I was going to say.
1: So once you have it set up, you have to prove that it's all right. And then if anything's off, you have X amount of days to finish that. So, yeah, it's a, there's a long process to go through before... You can flick the open sign on and start selling Um, bud. That'll be a fun day, though.
0: Hell yeah. But uh, Belief, they said they are going to grow between 8,000 and 10,000 pounds by October. Hmm. So if they're the only one operating, then, uh, you know, 10,000 pounds, go get them. (laughs) There's 23,000 medical patients right now.
1: 23,000 medical patients. So that's like less than an HP for each of them. Yeah. Trying to do math on the fly. Something like that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And then you got to drive to St. Louis and to a, get it's it. It's a QP
1: for a month's supply as far as the standard dose goes. So that's not even two months worth of inventory for Missouri's patients, basically. Correct. Now, all these Ivory Tower Academic Egghead Jackoffs did a study I remember seeing in the past year of how Missouri's cannabis growers would be oversupplying the market, that there wasn't enough demand here to uh, justify the amount of pot that was the amount of grow facilities that were licensed. And first of all, how you can go across the nation and... Uh, quantify the demand for pot Like you really think you're going to nail down those numbers You really think you're going to figure out Like how much weed people are smoking Egghead No you are not going to do that I mean even the estimates are hilarious So But you know If if there's only one uh, In operation by October Then they're definitely Going to be wrong about that I mean there's going to be a market choke You know yeah, uh, not to mention we haven't seen how it's gonna, how the market will price it out. So, you know, if it, in a lot of states we've seen, if taxes and other fees associated with uh, operating the business, you know, the security requirements, et cetera, et cetera, that all has to get priced into the price of the weed. So if that price outweighs the black market price by too much, then the black market's still gonna exist and thrive yeah which is just another hilarious spot of this whole thing you know, yeah if you just deregulated everything and let the market provide all the solutions they it would work itself out s- hilariously fast instead they're going to be creating unforeseen problems with all of these different regulations they all create a market burden they all create a deadly, deadweight loss in the economy they all create all these Gaps that otherwise wouldn't exist with just deregulation.
0: Oh, thank goodness the, for the home grow part of it. That's patients true. can either take care of themselves or get a caregiver to uh, grow for them.
1: Yeah, that that part is nice for sure. The home grow is generous in that regard.
0: You know, and caregivers, they're allowed to have three patients each. So... Would that mean you can have three yeah. times? That a, would yep.
1: be an 18-point limit, yeah. Yeah. Which is it would take about serious footprint. Really, at that point, you'd have to have a. Yeah. You have to have more than like a. You have to have a serious like operation going. Um, I think there are also though for caregivers like rules and regulations, not quite as stringent, obviously, as the commercial producers, but still things like has to be completely locked part. Of the building you're operating out of. Or if you do it at home, your home has to be, you know, only these people can have access. Like, you have to be the only one that has access to that. Like, you can't like, yeah. give somebody a key. Yeah, it has to be locked. Like so, a gun. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> locked like away. Gun. Locked away. You know. I'm being baked. I'm being baked like a cake. Here you go. Thank you. Yes, locked away. Has to keep locked away. No one's allowed to, uh, look at it. <laughs> uh, hey, it looks like we had a voicemail slide in the DMs, but you'll have to play it on your machine.
0: Oh, that's right. Give me one second. I gotta turn around because my computer's behind Uh-oh. me.
1: turn, turn, turn around. You're listening to Bowl After Bowl. <laughs> With your hosts, Lorian and Spencer. There, I bought you some, some time.
0: Okay, thank you. I've got it.
1: Alright, uh, let me unmute you. You can play it when you're ready. Okay, I'm
0: ready. Oh, Oh, man. (laughs) I'm smoking a bowl and listening to you folks.
1: I fucking love it. And I love you. Glad you're doing it again.
0: Aww... We love you too, it's John Benjamin. <laughs> 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 um, I'm just playing. Flesh. The fletching.
1: W- wonderful, wonderful, uh. Wonderful voicemails.
0: Yeah, thank you so much. You we too, love you. We're too nice. You're the best.
1: The love is shared, for certain, for certain.
0: <laughs> oh, your dad's sexing me about his two dogs almost just killed each other. Trying to play with a grasshopper, oh, so Jesus. I got momentarily distracted by that. I was like, hey, "Leave it to dogs, man." Random, random text message to send me. oh, <laughs> uh, so uh, the Kansas City City Council just removed weed from the city ordinances, so police shouldn't be prosecuting on it now. I mean, it says like less than two ounces is like written in there, like less hey. than two ounces. Yeah,
1: I mean that's a pretty sizable limit. Yeah. Uh, but in compared to, you know, in comp- just comparing it to previous laws, a lot of places have like the, th- I think statewide decrim was 35 grams or less. Yep. So that's an ounce and a quarter. Um, And already then it couldn't be like a arrestable mugshot jail time offense. It was just a kind of a more of a ticket. It's like so, a fine, right? Yeah. Something like that.
0: Yeah. My question is though, like, you know, pot is the gateway to to being searched like if you're driving so like if i they're still probably just going to be like oh we have probable cause to search this vehicle because we smell weed right still
1: that's not going to (laughs) happen no (laughs) no uh yeah i think that uh that's another really big there are a couple of really big obvious roadblocks to this working logically and logistically one is that the probable cause via smelling pot now obviously weed duis are still a thing in fact one could almost argue that they now are a thing right um they're gonna be a thing a lot more that's for sure because the at the access is gonna go up because you don't have to like know a guy or like maintain like relationships to get a hold of it anymore you got storefronts right right so maybe the less scrupulous or the less cunning let's say of the population now has access um and much more access just public access and the whole legalized attitude means people are gonna be like a lot looser with it there'll be people like i mean the first day you can buy pot there are gonna be people smoking pot in the streets you know like there'll be people outside woohoo in it which
0: getting tickets
1: <laughs> is yeah it's going to be against the law you know they're going to find out uh, the hard way but uh, what a stupid question that is what a stupid question <laughs> yeah the other one though is the federal obviously like we've talked oh, about yeah. m- many times on this show the, the weed is legal nowhere in this country. right weed is legal nowhere in this country, it's a still a Schedule One drug federally. They treat it the same as heroin on a federal level, the same as PCP on a federal level, the same as meth on a federal level. And nowhere is it actually legal. And to be in compliance with a lot of these state laws, you have to violate a lot of fa- violate a lot of federal laws, uh, like armed security. That is a very interesting uh, proposition uh, when you juxtapose it with the federal laws because they're are federal enhancements for having guns near pot, for, you know, like, uh, basically they try to define you legally as the cartel once you have a gun even around, let alone a guy strapped standing there at the door. Um, (laughs) And obviously the federal government and the DOJ have uh, issued memos to not smash uh, medical pot shops and uh, how to treat that. Uh, the holder memo was the first of many different uh, issuances and guidelines on how to deal with medical even though it's illegal federally but the whole headache just needs to really go away and until that happens it's gonna it's still gonna be kind of a Wild West situation it's still gonna be there's still gonna be uncertainty yeah in how it plays out and how it goes forward and knowing that at any time um, the just the you know the doj enforcement could change or who knows like who knows how long they're just waiting like shark circling uh gathering info on the quote-unquote legal players right now um for for whenever the the political wins on that change like who knows that's the problem that's what we really need an insurance policy against in you know, descheduling, deregulating something at the federal level really, really has to happen.
0: Yeah, because do you remember watching videos of dispensaries being raided?
1: Yeah, in I mean, Ob- Obama and- used to smash uh, all kinds of medical dispensaries all over California.
0: And they can't, they couldn't use the banks, right. so they just have safes filled with cash. Everything is in cash, and then they just take the cash. Oh, thank you very much.
1: Yeah, it's it's uh. It, It puts a huge target on the backs of those places because the the criminals who are smart enough to know and be be able to pull off heists of that size anyway are also smart enough to know that all of these businesses are cash only. So it definitely makes a huge, huge fucking issue in terms of just safety, you know?
0: Yeah. Now, have they gotten a banking thing figured out? Um, I'm going to have to look into that, but I know Missouri for right now As we roll out, they've said over and over again, this is cash only, it's cash only,
1: so we're definitely
0: not on it yet.
1: Yeah, cash only here, and, uh, you know, federal uncertainty, still illegal everywhere, you gotta get a card, you gotta be on a list, you gotta this, you gotta this, but... uh, And with all of
0: that, I'm doing fine. It's legal in the basement. I'm alright.
1: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) In the smoker. In the smoker. There are no laws.
0: Hell yeah. So, uh, Arizona and Montana have submitted their petitions to legalize recreational weed. And Nebraska just submitted their petitions for medical.
1: Hmm. Yeah, I see Nebraska as being one of the last dominoes to fall.
0: Yeah. But that's a good step for them.
1: Nebraska and Kansas probably be slow rollers for sure. Um... Who were who the three that sued Colorado? It was Nebraska, Kansas, and someone else. I want to say Oklahoma, but I'm not 100% sure. And I feel like Oklahoma already has many, so. Um.
0: But they, what did they sue them for again?
1: So they, they I, I don't, it was just like a headline lawsuit. It didn't really go anywhere. But it was the DAs, uh, the state, um, attorney, actually the AGs in the state's, Um, Brought suit against Colorado because they claimed that Colorado's legalization had flooded their states with, you know, (laughs) off-market illegal drugs. Because people are driving to Colorado and buying the pot and bringing it back, which, yeah, Yeah. I mean, that definitely happened. But, you know. So silly. Don't get me started.
0: That's enough. That's enough. I found a form online yesterday um, where if you were convicted of a weed crime, like a misdemeanor, Mm -hmm. no violent crimes, you can apply to get a pardon from Mayor Quentin Lucas, Kansas City's mayor. But, you know, a pardon is like, what's that do really? It's still on your record. It's not an expungement. It's just like, well, I have a... The mayor gave me a pass. Right. And, um...
1: Yeah, you have to, like, tape the pardon to your conviction, basically, when you show it on a... If anyone asks about it. Whereas an expungement...
0: It's gone. Yeah.
1: Retroactively removes the charge. So you can say, no, I have not been charged with a crime. Yeah. Of whatever. Usually it's the felony box or whatever that, that you have to check, but, uh...
0: And they just signed a bill in Colorado a mass pardon anyone with a conviction of having 2 ounces or less. It seems like a long time. Yeah. For Colorado. It's like, okay, how long has it been illegal there? So silly.
1: Now, we do have a uh, something I thought would be interesting for. We have a we have like a no agenda cartographer guy, right? That's cold acid, isn't it? Who is like the the map nerd.
0: Isn't it Sir Matthew?
1: Oh, no, that's right. It's Sir Matthew. You are right about that. On one of like the thousand Canucks that we have in the No Agenda. <laughs> Come on, man. How many Mounties we got in the No Agenda stream, eh? Lots of Canada. No, I'd actually love that. It's fantastic. Um, and we have here a interactive facilities map for our state. So I'm going to post it in the show notes, but I was just kind of... It's kind of interesting to look at how the stuff is spread across the state. Because um, they did a, they did a, I think, decent job of distributing it. So typically when this kind of shit happens in my state, in our state, um, the way it goes... In the show. I had to bring this Missouri smash in. Yeah. The way it happens is they'll roll something out and then it all goes to st louis and st charles that's how and that that happens you know for things non-weed too but that's also how it happened for cbd it was uh yeah it was two facilities in the entire state and they were over in the st louis um belief is i think they were both in st charles county in st in
0: charles it's an earth city and, which is st uh, charles county
1: this time, if you're looking at the map, let's see. I don't know. So, there, first of all, it's a cool map because there are five different color-coded pins all over the map. There are your cultivators in the green pin, uh, appropriately. There are your uh, dispensaries in the red pin. Yellow is manufacturers, so that would be oh. like extraction facilities and things like that. If you're taking plant material and plant products and turning it into extracts or edibles or anything like that. There are testers, so testing facilities. Those are also state licensed, but obviously they're not in the uh, commercial side of it. They're just testing to see if you're, I don't know, I don't know exactly. I think there are certain banned pesticides, but I'm not sure, 100% sure, but they're basically just testing. Uh, I think it also has to be labeled with THC content so you have to yeah. know what, exactly what it is so there's that part of it there's that aspect of it and then there are transporters so also anybody you know picking up any part of the plant in any stage whether you're taking it from a grower to a tester whether you are delivering it to a dispensary to put on the shelf whether you're giving it to the extractors whether you're taking extracted product to a Dispensary, All of that has to be done by licensed transporters. Oh, wow. So those are also on the map. But they did, like I was saying, a pretty good spread. Obviously, as you'd expect, St. Louis did does have the biggest cluster on here. but They also have the biggest population center. So it does make sense, and Kansas City would be the second place. Um, but there's a nice tight little spot in Columbia where uh, I think that it makes sense if you think about it. Only yeah. dispensaries, no cultivators there. Um, but there's like s- seven, seven of them in Columbia, only one down in Jeff city. So that's too bad for them. But there's a manufacturing plant down there at the lake. They actually got two growers and two, Oh, th- well, if you count the wider lake area, probably four or five, uh, dispensaries. Um,
0: any near like bagnal
1: like that yeah. would like on the strip. Yeah. It, those would be two that are like, oh, okay. Um, right there, right there. I can't really tell It's by hurricane deck is one. And then, uh, the other one's kind of closer to sunrise beach. Um, then you've got, of course, Springfield and Joplin. So like, it's going to be interesting too, just as an aside of the access Kansas is getting. Cause obviously, um, Western Kansas for a years now has had Colorado and very easy access and like right when you hit the Colorado border there's just yeah. there's shit everywhere parked right against the Colorado border for that exact reason um, I think the same thing obviously is going to happen in in on the Kansas side with Missouri too in eastern Kansas now because the, the funny thing about Kansas too and how Kansas City works is it straddles the state line we have state line road that you can drive right down and on the left side is you know if you're driving south obviously uh, on the left side you'll be in Missouri on the right side you'll be in Kansas um, so like even the city itself like you'd be able to walk from your apartment cross state across state line road you know to these facilities and then walk across and all of a sudden be in an uh, interstate felony you know or an interstate felony mm. so it's going to be kind of weird I think that the political situation as it is there's just not really a lot of political cover for crackdowns right now on weed I just don't think that it would sit well with anybody it would be immediately met with like fierce opposition yeah so I like you know to coin a phrase I guess so that's not gonna happen I'm not gonna kick people in the head for it but it's just interesting how it's gonna play out and you gotta wonder too if it you know the attorney general of Kansas will sue uh, us next, or try to. Mm. Surprised at how many there are in Springfield, man. Like Springfield has probably twice the number of dispensaries as uh, Columbia does. Now Springfield's a lot bigger too. I think Springfield's the third largest city in the state. So um, okay, but they have like fourteen in the Springfield area. Compared nice. to, uh, so that's like double. And they also have a manufacturer and a tester, I'm seeing.
0: Hmm. And then, but no cultivation facilities, and down there? And a
1: transporter, like, out past Willard, which is still Greene County. Um, but no, the closest grow to Springfield is, like, in Cassville, which is basically heading further south almost into Arkansas. Like, it's between Springfield and Fayette, Arca- Fayetteville, Arkansas. Uh, Joplin's got a few. Joplin actually has a, it looks like two, no, just one, uh grow facility, and then about six, seven, uh, six or seven dispensaries, including this one hilariously close to the Kansas border on 20th Street in, in Joplin. Uh, Missouri-made marijuana, LLC. So, like, right across the border from Galena, Kansas, just like, zoop actually incredibly close to Oklahoma border too they kind of all meet there in a little in a little tea anyway I kind of like putting around with maps too so the link for this map will be in the show notes and you can like click on it and explore it see what I'm talking about I guess I could dump it into the chat really quick too because we're doing it live we're doing it live.
0: Hey, guess what? uh, Oregon, Oregon. Guess what Oregon. Guess what Oregon's gonna be voting on in November.
1: Full legal? No, they've already got that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What?
0: Legalizing medical psilocybin.
1: Oh, all right.
0: Hell yeah! And of course, DC submitted their petitions. Okay. To get um, decrim for psilocybin.
1: Wow. Now the city of Denver already did they, they fully passed a decriminalization of that or mm. I remember I have there to was look a, that up. I remember there was movement that was like the first place that had moved on it and it's I mean largely it's symbolic because of a lot of reasons the first one an obvious one being like nobody's licensed to grow and sell mushrooms uh, or produce psilocybin uh, and the few exceptions for that are you know certain studies that are FDA approved. So, um, they there are, there are actually a lot of psilocybin clinical trials that have been in the works for the last decade. Um, many before that, the psych- psychedelics were way more heavily studied in the fifties and sixties by academia, but it kind of got revamped in the last 10 to 15 years, m- much more heavily for things like PTSD, um, treatment, uh, end of life care, terminal cancer patients, uh, Basically, a lot of the psilocybin studies focus on how to be okay with dying, for lack of a better explanation of it. It's like yeah. uh, sort of an acceptance of a um, of a terminal illness, of being given a terminal diagnosis. Of being and, born. And they actually find out, yeah, I mean, being born is a terminal diagnosis for sure. On a long enough timeline, we're all going to poof, but... Um, sort of helps you. They found, um, through a, through a therapy session while under the influence of psilocybin, um, that's incredibly high rate of patients who, uh, get over death anxiety and in a permanent way. And it makes sense because the psychedelics experience itself, uh, for those of you who have dabbled, really rewires, Uh, a lot of your brain instantly, you know, or well instantly, but as it happens. So over the course of the trip in a way that you know, is lasting. Yeah. Um, So obviously in a, in a session and in a setting where there is a clear aim and it's all planned to help you kind of navigate this looming death of yours, this like inevitability, that we all really have to face, but all of a sudden it's concrete for you. And it's like, there's a timeline and like your organs are starting to fail. And like, you gotta go through pain, emotional, physical, mental, all of it. And, um, being able to overcome that death anxiety. I mean, obviously it's going to be a night and day difference as far as quality of life at the end there. And a lot of people, you know, it just helps with everything else associated with dying, with getting your affairs in order with, getting your will set up with being able to talk to your family about like what you want your services to be about who's getting what all that stuff becomes easier to face if you're not just hung up on the oh shit I'm dying part like I can't even come out of my room I can't even go outside I can't even talk to people um, it's a hugely important thing and yeah absolutely it should be access to um, but I spun off of been of the, actually talking about Denver's thing and it, it's only citywide Okay. It just removes the penalty for I think possession up to a certain amount. Of so it's like a decrim thing. Yep. Um, but obviously there's nowhere to obtain it. There's nowhere to. There's no. You know what I mean. It's, yeah. It's very symbolic. Uh, and also mushrooms isn't one of those things that like you get pulled over and they're like, "Are hey, you, did you step out of the vehicle? You got some mushrooms in there. Smelling some mushrooms."
0: <laughs> yep. Well, we'll take the symbolic gesture. It's a step in the right direction, I Absolutely. guess. Absolutely. I mean Baby every steps. every
1: win's a win and you have to start somewhere and somebody has to start the conversation. That's a great way to do it. It's also the I think the most powerful thing of it isn't even the law change so much as the poll. It's a real poll at a real vote of real registered voters going to actual voting booth and saying, This percentage of us support this. This percentage of the voters will be behind a measure that more than anything else is what's like super helpful and super encouraging. Uh, you know, the fact that you can get it done and that the public is on your side, like regular everyday people, they're not dummies. They understand what drugs are and what they do and if and when and how they're dangerous, you know, the, this, this whole notion of big government nanny state bullshit that we can't, Trust a regular citizen to make their own decisions on what to eat and what to drink and what to smoke and what not to. It's absurd, and especially in the in the information era, yeah, uh, we have more information than ever. And you know, at a certain point, the government needs to take a huge step back and just say, like, that the citizens are ultimately in charge of their own destiny.
0: Fucking a man. Yeah,
1: well. You know, that's just like, uh, your opinion, man. That's my soapbox. See, I can get grumpy. Darren O'Neill was asking me if I could be grumpy.
0: Oh, you can be grumpy. I, I have was like, seen <gasps> grumpy,
1: like, uh, grumpiness can be achieved, let's put it that way.
0: Yeah, how about full-on berserker Just mode?
1: <laughs> tell me what the government is requiring me to do this week, and I'm fucking there. Okay, so uh, we had to do maintenance, like, scheduled maintenance on the car today, so I took it into the dealership, and the mask mandate is strong there with those guys, and they're all wearing masks, and, of course, I, even, I never even think, I, I know we've been in this thing for months now, but I don't. When I leave my house, I don't think, oh fuck, do I have my mask? I don't think, oh, I can't go here or here. I don't think, oh, there's a pandemic. I don't think about the shit. I just, it's not a worry or a concern on my mind. I really could give a shit less. And so when I roll up to the parking bay, it's like, I, like, look up, and all these guys are wandering around in masks, and then it's, like, the first time I've thought of it in the 15-minute drive, like, oh, fuck, like, are they even going to let me do this transaction? Are they even going to, like, take my money? Because there's places that won't take your money if you don't have a mask. So, like, I see a guy, like, walk in over to the rental side, and he, like, makes eye contact with me, and then he, like, pets the top of his mask, Right. Yeah. Uh, almost like a guy who would pet his mustache would. So he's just like with his hand on the top of his mask, just petting it down while he's like looking at me, like, obviously, I'm like, you got your mask, boy. So I just fucking like grab my mustache and pull it to the side and I'm like, and give him a fucking like uh, mustache spread. Like, just basically pretending like I'm giving him the weird look. Like, what are you doing, bro? Because, you know, you got, th- I mean, this is the first time I've ever been fucking. Sign language, too, of, hey, bud, you should wear a mask. Yeah. In my lifetime. Yeah. Okay? So I'm not going to go out there and pretend like this is the fucking normal thing to do. I'm sorry. This is not normal. not normal. It's not smart. It's not backed by science. And you're not fucking better than me because you were wearing a piece of cloth elastic to your ears. I'm sorry. Like, yeah. If you want to... That's fine. That's up to you. That's your decision. I don't disrespect people just because they wear the mask. When they, like, are shooting me looks and, like, petting their mask as though, like, hey, you need to be like me. You need... Where's yours? Where's yours? Right fucking here is mine, dude. Give me a break.
0: Your middle finger. Yeah.
1: That kind of pissed (laughs) me off a bit. But I didn't, like, make a big show. I just kind of shot him back some, like sign language bullshit because I didn't even got in my <laughs> car at that point yet, you know? Yeah. And the guy was just like, uh, the guy who uh, I handed my key to, he was a different guy and he was just like, do you have a mask on you? And I was like, no, I really don't. Even though my 3M respirator I think was in the back seat, I'm pretty yeah. sure it's still in the car, but I was just like, no, I don't. I'm an asthmatic. And really, A, there is a medical exemption for the mask orders and B, you have under HIPAA and a lot of other f- laws right to medical privacy yeah so if you say i have a medical exemption
0: that should be enough end of conversation right there and they can't ask you what it is because that's a hipaa violation
1: i even got on the county website and it said specifically if you have a medical exemption that they're not allowed to inquire about the specificities of the medical exemption Um, but you know the guy still was like "Eh," you know he had clearly not dealt with that yet And that's the Mm. thing that blows my mind and I I get we're deep into it and people are getting kind of like COVID fatigue and they're just like, like a lot of my friends they are just like, dude, just whatever I got to do. I don't fucking care as long as I can go to a bar. I don't care. And for me, I'm just like, no, I definitely care. Yeah. I definitely care. I can go without going to a bar before I can, you know, before I'll write my name down on a piece of paper that says, like, I was here between this time and this time. Fuck yeah. that. Like, I am I got a phone in my pocket. Like, don't pretend like you can't find me if you want to. So, no, I'm not signing in on your fucking contact trace clipboard. But everybody just goes along with it. They're just like, they're just pretending like, oh, this is a good thing. And I was saying, I can't remember, on somebody on No Agenda Social might have been Dame Ashley, but it's like uh, it's like the they've come up with a physical real world equivalent of changing your profile picture to support the cause. And it's wearing this fucking mask. Sure. Because that's about as effective as it is. Yeah. You know, like the cloth mask over your dumb face that you keep like tugging on and pulling on and yeah, pushing touching. up and down and that you've had in your pocket for probably all week that you just keep reusing. It's about as effective at stopping the COVID virus as changing your profile picture was to help the tsunami victims, you know, yeah. like it's the same fucking shit, but they've translated it into real life. And also when Curry said in the last show about, you know, they're, what they're really doing is prepping people to be like ready for the vaccine. Like just, just wear the mask is going to easily roll into just take the vaccine, just get the
0: vaccine sleeve.
1: People will just be ready People would totally be ready for it.
0: Fuck that. So did the guy end up, like, did the guy even get in the car? I mean, wouldn't the, wouldn't the car just be, like, germ-infected? Potentially COVID-infected? Oh, yeah, I mean, I mean that's did great. Did they have to like, put on a hazmat suit and wipe everything down with hand sanitizer? I mean, that's
1: a, you know, I, I'm i the asshole that put everyone at risk because I drove over there with no mask <laughs> and I'd sat, I sat outside uh, on a bench uh, waiting with no mask uh, and... Uh, yeah, the guy got in the car and serviced it. So you know, I mean, I I assume in two weeks he's not gonna die of COVID. No,
0: no one is. It's just silly, I, man. I was sorry if you have something to say, keep going. I was gonna say though, I'm um I was really happily pleasantly surprised with our zoo trip Sunday because there was no questions asked about us not having masks. Yeah. Nothing. they just let us write in. I was like, hell yeah, you guys go. You understand how it works. There were respectful.
1: There were signs everywhere talking about the mask requirement, and then I would say, I would say probably ten to fifteen percent of those signs had a little red writer at the bottom that said uh, that minors and those with medical conditions were exempt. Yep. Um, so basically, and and. Really, that should be the play all across the country, is uh, that, yes, I have a medical condition that prevents me from wearing a mask, and no, you can't fucking ask me what that medical condition is. You can fuck right off.
0: Yeah. How about heat stroke?
1: Heat stroke, It was, like, sure. close to 100 degrees that day. I mean, it's, day. it's hotter than all hell, and people are, like, jogging with the mask on. People are, yeah. I mean, it's just absurd. I mean, plenty's been said about the people driving around alone in their car with a mask on. We <laughs> see that. Um, and over the last week, it's become that I'm the only one, you know?
0: Yeah, I don't, I didn't see anyone else at the zoo not wearing a mask. Did I recall? There was like th- one or two. One or two.
1: One or two, but it's, it was awful lonely for sure. Yeah. And uh, I don't know, man. We didn't even like try to go into the penguins because it was like,
0: well, they, had, the, like they a had a security guard yeah, scene they had in like there. A,
1: someone mask checking you on the way in. Because I think in the places where you go inside and are in close quarters, they're like requiring it. And then in the rest of the places, they're like asking you to wear it while you're outside at the zoo. So um, that's kind of how the original email was sent out. And that was before the mask order, mask order, the you know most recent one. Right. So, you know, I mean, everyone's just losing their shit. And... Especially in a place like here, which is sharply enough divided on the issue, you know that these workers have gotten the fucking Karens on both sides. You know, you they've gotten people who are like, "You're not complying. You're not making wear pe- people wear masks," and they've got dick wads like me f- saying like, "No, you're not making me wear a mask," and throwing like, huge fits about it. Yeah. Um, although I only threw one fit ever so far. <laughs> And that was at the very beginning of That was at the very nonsense. beginning. That was before anybody here had been requiring it, and Menards was the only place.
0: Yep. Well, but worse than that, they said no one under the age of 16 can come into the store. Do you remember that? Yeah. So I had the kids, and they were like, no, no, no. You need to find someone to watch them. I was like, go fuck yourself right. not buying yeah, your shit that, then you're right that I'll wasn't, keep my money
1: that wasn't even about a mask at that point that was wasn't about, about a kids. mask it was about nobody under 16 was even allowed to walk and in yet the motherfucking and there were people place.
0: that were like 70 plus also at more so at risk than little kids I would argue it should, they should have banned elderly people too picking on the kids
1: it, it was absurd that was absurd
0: that's the only time you've ever, I've ever seen you have a public freak
1: out I told him exactly how I felt about their policy, that's for sure. Yeah,
0: you told them right where to stick it.
1: <laughs> that's for sure. I wasn't really nice about it, nope. let's say. Uh...
0: No, nope. But hey, uh, there's some COVID-related weed studies going on. Oh? Yeah.
1: What's this about?
0: Well, I hinted at it in the last show.
1: Oh, yeah, that's right.
0: That, um, you know... Okay, there's a research team at the University of South Carolina who decided to study THC with, like, respiratory issues. And they found that it slows lung inflammation and thus could, like, prevent COVID-produced, it's called ARDS, the acute respiratory distress syndrome, and also the cytokine storm, which is when your immune system, like, overreacts right. to what's going on. Yep. It just pretty much dead-halts all of that. THC guys whole plant but also CBD has pretty similar effects they're studying that too and then there's a lot of people coming out with like sativa tinctures talking about oh use this to keep the COVID at bay so there's a lot of crazy stuff coming out too though what did we see today about the cows (laughs) they're trying to Inject people with cow plasma or something wild. Oh, yeah. Somebody posted
1: on no social, cows are people too kind of thing. Yep. Yep. Yeah, it's crazy. There's no end to the craziness, that's for sure. But, I mean, I think the important thing is to just have a fucking memory. You know? (laughs) Just have a long-term memory.
0: Wouldn't that be nice for people? And just
1: remember, like, how things have always worked so far. And, I mean, I'm not some kind of fucking ancient wisdom tortoise man. I'm 30. I just turned fucking 30, okay? So I'm not trying to say I've been, like, all around the block and seen it all and done it all. But I know enough. I've been a lot of places, and it's been long enough. You know, I know how getting sick works. I know how viruses work, Um, you know and the general steps you can take to prevent that, how you get better. Uh, People are acting, I mean, with the school closure thing, people are acting like this is the only fucking virus that has ever happened in the history of humanity, in the history of public schools, at least. Like, it's a seasonal fucking flu that happens every year. People are like, what if the kids bring home the COVID to the old people? Ah!" Well, like, you know, what do they do? What if they do? What if they bring home tuberculosis? What yeah. if they bring home anything?
0: Yeah.
1: You know, there's a lot of nasty stuff that you can get. People are still on tender. <laughs> don't fucking at me.
0: <laughs> uh, These people are sick. They are.
1: It's a disaster. They don't know what the hell they're doing.
0: Something was a disaster there.
1: That was. The uh, levels. I, I, I felt it a lot. Me too. So I pumped it. I have to tweak my levels, you know? Oh. Some clips are louder than others.
0: Well, sad news at the zoo. They lost a baby giraffe.
1: Yes, you told me about and
0: this. She was two and a half, and I remember when she was born in 2018 because it was like right before Rayla was born, our two-year-old. And, um, yeah, she died. They said it was a stomach problem, but I really think it's because her name was Dixie.
1: So you think they noodle- Allegedly.
0: Allegedly. <laughs> alleged. You think Sorry.
1: they noodle gunned the giraffe at the zoo?
0: Allegedly. They might have taken care of this baby giraffe because her name was Dixie. I'm putting it on the table.
1: All of this cancel culture. I think it's very bad for our country.
0: And there's um there's another Dixie that's trying to change its name. And that would be Dixie Elixirs. Oh
1: Dixie Elixirs. Yeah. They're inedible. Wasn't that wasn't that the Coke that we had? The root beer. We drank? We yeah. drank
0: root beer and then I went five miles per hour down that mountain. <laughs> 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 what was that thing called?
1: So in Golden oh. Colorado they had this uh Oh fuck I don't even know What you would call it It's like a sled on It's like a roller sled Yeah On a track So you ride Almost a Almost like a slide They give it They give you a uh, This little roller board. Cart Board thing That you sit on With a stick in the front And You ride a You ride a ski lift Up a mountain Basically yeah. Just like you would In Colorado And this one doesn't have Snow all over it It has this plastic Um Kind of half pipe track going down the whole mountain so you're just like zooming down this little plastic coaster thing and if you push forward on the stick you can go faster and then if you let go of the stick it it's a break and if you pull back really hard it breaks really hard oh and Lorien.
0: I ruined people's day. She kind
1: of ruined the fucking experience for some people. (laughs) Because she was so stoned and going so slow. slow. I had
0: the time of my life though. The views were so beautiful, there were bunnies running around oh, it was a beautiful day. And then all of a sudden I'm like coming to the end and these people are like cussing me out. I was like, what is going on? Are they I talking mean, to me? I got to what the end.
1: Happening? I was like, oh, that was tight. That was legit, right? And I get off and then I like look back because obviously like Lori and I started at the same time. Yeah, I, I was behind her to Spence. pretty much be like right there. And I'm like, where the hell did she get to? And then like. It's like a full minute later that you, like, roll in with, like, three people, like, stacked up right behind you, just looking so irritated. Oh, man.
0: Yeah. And then they closed that place down.
1: Yeah, that was actually, like...
0: That's what prompted us to go. That was the
1: main reason we went, was because they were shuttering it.
0: Yep. Yeah, but it it was awesome. I do feel so bad and so sorry, though, but, man, that root beer kicked in, like... When we were riding the ski lift up, and it was good. It was good. But, yeah, so Dixie, they don't have their, like, new name set or anything. They're asking people. They're like, send us your suggestions. Just email them say, don't change your name, how about? Yeah, it? send in Dixie Elixirs as a yeah. suggestion.
1: Oh, man. And then also, get a, just...
0: they want to get a free name from someone and not pay them for it. Oh, that's a great idea. Yeah, thanks for that awesome idea. We'll change it to that. But you get no credit, no money for your great idea.
1: What are you, crazy?
0: Got some new ISOs?
1: I do. Fletch dumped uh, the whole load. He gave me the whole load.
0: Oh, Uh, there's an ISO you were missing. As
1: far as these ISOs. It's uh, it's pretty fantastic, actually.
0: You got them loaded up on the machine?
1: How stupid have we been? Um, Some of them. I picked out some of them. I made a little... uh,
0: The fucking orange man ask him this.
1: Oh, <laughs> uh, you know, this and that, this and that. A lot of the um, Joe Rogan stuff from when Adam was on Joe Rogan. Oh. There's a bunch of fucking assassins now.
0: Of uh, of Adam doing his first blunt. <laughs> we have that one.
1: We have blunts here. Yes, let me see if I have that.
0: Hey, uh, smoke them if you got them. Oh, this is kind of interesting, but all right, I'm pretty high.
1: (laughs) (laughs) There's some really great ones. I've never done a blunt. I'd do one.
0: I'd do one.
1: (laughs) That was definitely Adam's, like, fellow kids moment. (laughs) (laughs) Hello,
0: fellow kids.
1: Hello, fellow kids.
0: Oh, Oh, I love it.
1: I love it, love it, love it, love it.
0: We, there was something we didn't talk about on the last podcast. (laughs) Guys, I'm fucking hammered.
1: Uh, what yeah huh? huh? uh i i kind of lamented because we were on hog story last thursday yes and i was like <laughs> we had a great show we had a great time as we as we did the first time and then like it was like later in bed that i was like fuck we never talked about bull after bull at all i know we didn't even mention the show but it's fine man it's like you just you just get into the flow of that conversation, and it just kind of goes, you know, wherever you want it to go, and you're not thinking about all that crap. So yeah, it is. It is definitely nice and laid back, and I wouldn't even change it.
0: No, it was perfect. Just it was fun.
1: I just gotta keep my memory going, you know. Remember.
0: there's always next time. Oh, yeah. Plug it in, plug it in.
1: Speaking plug of plugging podcast. it, huh? this Thursday is gonna feature Phone Boy. Yes, in the Smoker. So that should be interesting. So I've been following Phone Boy's escapades on the Noah's gender socials, too. So I think he'll be a really interesting guest.
0: This coffee, by the way, is Fantastic.
1: phenomenal.
0: Fantastic.
1: <laughs> and by coffee, I mean Steel Reserve. And by phenomenal, I mean <laughs> it, it gets you drunk.
0: Hey, I'm drinking the hazy little thing IPA again. Or maybe the for the first time on Bowl After Bowl. Yeah, because you were drinking it.
1: I like being yelled at. Basically. Mm. Everyone would be losing their shit right now. <laughs> I got a lot of good curry ones. You know. Yes, yes. And yeah, I think we plowed through a lot of the stuff you had on your list. It was fantastic. Yeah. Um,
0: had some notes today.
1: <laughs> did some serious, serious lifting and serious stuff.
0: Now I just need some like golden clips to pull out. Be like listen to this retard.
1: <laughs> oh god, there was one that was just fantastic. Uh, I'll leave you with that one.
0: Hey, listen, you dicks, send money. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> mm. uh, wasn't that about the girl with her Patreon thing? She was whining about oh, like, yeah, it's so funny because it's just a it's it's We're, a perfect example of why the value for value is the only real way to go with things because as a content producer really your number one goal especially especially when you're first starting off is just to get people to listen it's like can you please listen can you download it can you tell your friends can I post this link can I reshare can I retweet can I blah 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 blah, blah?" you just want to get it in front of people but then you get it in front of like you're trying to, I don't know, in in this Patreon-style model, you're always chasing, like, the threshold of people that you can get to where you can start throwing paywalls up and, like, having, like, exclusive content behind paywalls and this and this and that. But if you just put out a product, let it speak for itself, let people chip in what they can, then, yeah, like, uh, the vast majority of people are never going to ever give or be able to give or feel compelled or any of that. But on the other side of it, the reason that it works is because with value for value, you're not limiting the people that do give to your little stupid $5 a month yeah. ceiling, that tiny, tiny ceiling that people who actually give money to things they like, $5, it's like it's like you're already like limiting the value of it for people to find value in it, if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, on the No Agenda show, which I'm not trying don't don't misconstrue this as me trying to like compare values of any shows, but just the way that it works, people will send in silly four figure amounts of money sometimes and that's just because the ceiling doesn't exist. You can yeah. stand up as tall as you want. You can say, well, I have this much value And you know money to different people is different as well. People uh-huh. have different amount of resources. Or, you know, someone who... Like, for me, I haven't been to the movie theaters in six or seven years. But I know people who are really into the movies, friends of mine, go a lot. Who will spend $40, 50 easily at the movies on a Friday night, you know? And you can translate that into, oh, I go to the movies once, sometimes twice in a month and do that, you know? When you, when you think about value that kind of way and then apply it toward the different things that you consume, then that's just why it's such a bulletproof model I think and why it's worked for no and I think why the it's the smart thing to adopt in the in the current I guess co- like content making world if you're gonna go that way yeah. um, I kind of briefly mentioned that we had the with the PayPal button that we put in and we're looking to get Bitcoin acceptance and maybe altcoins too I'm really kind of excited about that to play with different ways of just how to accept it and to keep it anonymous and safe. So I'm trying to figure out a way to set up a, uh, a client that will create a unique wallet and a unique address every time that it generates. Yeah,
0: like Scrambler. Is that what they call it? No,
1: no, there's something I I did look into a little bit before, but basically it just is so like the traditional e Like if I wanted to go right now and just say, Hey, you can send your Bitcoin here. I could generate a new address a receive address and then I could post it somewhere but then everybody that wants to give uses all that same address and the more times it gets used the less secure it becomes over time what you would want is a form where you can send your donation to a generated address that's generated uniquely for you for that particular transaction that never gets used again and so that's what I'm working to implement there's a there's a open source tool that does that already I forget the name of it but um, it's a little bit of some hoops to jump through you Have to buy a server um, or you know rent a server space to run it off of this kind of thing so it's in but it is in the works we're gonna we're gonna do that for sure because people have already sent messages uh, asking about do you take Bitcoin yeah. um, I saw that <laughs> CSB comic strip bloggers also trying to get the boys to take Bitcoin again uh, futilely 'Cause they're not gonna I think they've already explained why they're not gonna do it. I think the main justification was like I can't pay my rent in Bitcoin, so I can't uh I'm not gonna take it on the show. Which I get it. I mean, you know, it's it's up to Yeah up, it's up to, to the, each his own. Yeah. If it's your show, you're gonna decide how you how you run it and everything.
0: Hey yeah, 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 yeah. Hey radio. Did you have a story?
1: Did I have a story? <laughs>
0: You were like, I have three stories earlier today. Maybe I covered them all.
1: Oh, I did drop some stories in this little uh, folder, I'm pretty sure. But then I would have to... I mean, the car maintenance, that, that was
0: that was a great story. <sighs> I can't believe you had to sit outside.
1: <laughs> well, you know, I mean... It's just kind of... It's the it's the soon. world that we live in, at least right now. I don't want to say in this modern time. I just, like, for right now, that's how it's looking absolute bonkers dude absolutely bonkers And everybody just like goes with it they're all in they're just like oh yeah what you you don't believe in science like no I don't it's not that I don't believe in science so I don't believe in the bullshit that you're telling me which is not science I'm sorry some women are using weed to have better sex Duh. So suggest women are using marijuana as a libido enhancer. Does it work? This is uh, work? from last October, but apparently, I think she was in state. Yes. Uh, when Becky Lynn got a call from a California police station that her teenage daughter was in a car accident, she ran out of the house in the clothes that she had on, tie-dye shorts and a T-shirt emblazoned with the modern portmanteau. Cannaboss. Both were souvenirs from April's National Cannabis Festival, where Lynn, a gynecologist specializing in sexual medicine, appeared on one of the panels interweaved with yoga classes in the festival's wellness pavilion. Her daughter was mortified by her getup, but otherwise fine, and while Lynn wasn't worried about the medico-legal consequences of appearing in marijuana merch in public, especially in a state where it's legal, mind you, she's in California in this part, she understood her daughter's chagrin. It's so not me. She says, I'm a physician, I'm a scientist, I'm not a stoner, but I don't know, your teenager is always going to be embarrassed by you. So she doesn't use marijuana herself, but um, basically she did this study and had an interest in how cannabis might help the women that she sees in her gynecology practice, which is in St. Louis. Um, <clears throat> well, I guess what first got her interested was that a lot of the her patients were confiding into her that they used marijuana to improve their libido and it helped them achieve orgasms that they couldn't really get to basically that they, yeah. could, they there's like a certain place you can get stoned that not stoned. So, um, she, after hearing this anecdotal stuff, went into the medical literature, uh, quote, when I looked in the scientific literature, there really wasn't much data at all. She says, I looked on the internet It was exactly the opposite. (laughs) Bing, bing, bing. If you bing it, uh, a lot of people were already talking about it. So the discrepancy between the scientific literature and the forums online, uh, that gap led her to conducting her own study in March 2019. Uh, And that study became one of the largest ever to describe how some women are using marijuana for better sex. Of nearly 400 women completing her anonymous questionnaire, 127 said that they had used the drug before sex and reported better sex drives and more than twice the odds of satisfactory orgasms compared to non-users. The study doesn't irrefutably prove marijuana leads to better sex for women, but it demonstrates women aren't waiting on proof to use it that way. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, Women do not think... Oh, excuse me, women do think that it can improve the sexual experience, improve drive, improve orgasm, and lessen pain, says Lynn. Previous research suggests women have been thinking along those lines for at least 50 years. A 1972 survey by the National Commission on Marijuana and Drugs found reports of increased sexual desire among 44% of marijuana users, with women more likely than men to say the drug increased their desire. In an 82 survey, three-quarters of women who regularly use marijuana reported increased sexual pleasure and satisfaction when using the drug, and two-thirds reported greater sense of intimacy, one-third reported better orgasms. So, they're finding that a lot of it can, correlates with marijuana use, but that it's also way more effective for women than it is for men. Hmm. Um this goes on to say, although men have a variety of effective pharmacologic options to treat uh, erectile dysfunction, there are only two U.S. Food and Drug Administration approved drugs for low libido and other sexual function problems in women. Uh, and they're plagued by these problems. Uh, uh which is a drug that is marketed under the brand name Addyi, A-D-D-Y-I, I don't know, I'm probably mm. butchering that has demonstrated only meager improvements in female libido, giving women only half an additional quote sexual satisfying event uh, an Fda term <laughs> uh, every month so you the did. average the average of people using this drug was a half of an extra not not orgasm <laughs> necessarily but quote sexually satisfying event uh, in a month uh, so not really worth it no um Especially considering
0: all the uh, side effects.
1: (laughs) Sure. I mean, oh, oh Christ. And, uh, furthermore, it's recommended that women abstain from alcohol within two, uh, two hours of taking this drug. So, which is a daily medication, by the way. Oh, so a two hour window on each side. So four hour block that you can't drink while you're taking this. So I guess like first thing in the morning is probably when I would do it. Yeah. Not that I drink every day But I I want the option To drink any yeah, day Yeah You know exactly. what I mean I want to be able To drink any day I don't really drink every day But
0: You never know it, When there's gonna be A surprise guest Or something yeah, you know, Like
1: When you want to kick back Yeah our and, friend Swing
0: uh, through town Just the other night Exactly It's like hey Alright But
1: I just thought that was Kind yeah. of interesting though The uh I'll post the full uh yeah. our article in the show notes here I'll make the note of that too Stoned so, sex
0: is good sex. But like stoned everything is makes everything better. <laughs>
1: you know, I never liked stoned at work and well, oh. retail it was just impossible. You can't I was like, gonna say
0: it depends on your job. You can't you, I
1: mean, And I won't say can't how about the strain everybody too. is different and the strain is different, but in my experience, it's very, very difficult to go in stoned and then interact with like total normie strangers. Yeah. If there's a job and like the people you're cool with are you're cool with, and the people you're not leave you the hell alone, and you have a space that you can go into, then it's like no big deal. I used to work at a grocery store when I was really young, first starting smoke weed, and that was actually I would always smoke on lunch breaks because it was kind of great. In fact, it was sort of a a weird little like yeah when I, when you first started doing it, it's like oh shit people are gonna know who's gonna know oh people are gonna know but it turned into like teehee nobody knows you know yeah and, like, I'd be like sacking groceries and pushing out a cart with like a three-year-old kid and riding in the cart and like have a nice day ma'am and like driving off and like just thinking to myself in my head like damn if they knew that I was like stoned on the bud right now like they would fucking probably turd in their pants you know and it's just like it's okay it's fine yeah it's all right but if you're in kind of a I guess like a performative setting like where you're like you got to like speak and answer questions and be knowledgeable and kind of put on a put on a yay face put on a kind of a crispy presentable um, it's just yeah, kind of a perform. little bit it's a little bit diff- more difficult in my opinion yeah if i was like performing i don't know music or contact juggling or uh singing or something like yeah i would definitely prefer to be stone but performing in that sense or like when i was a tour guide no fucking way would i do tours high that would just be like a train wreck sure it would be a train wreck because i wouldn't I never really had like a super scripted hardcore script in my tour guide, but I had a general way I like to do things, and it mainly revolved around answering questions and to, like get a question and get a rapid fire concise answer that just answers the question and goes on to the next question without taking too much time up. You gotta not be high, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> especially if you're me. If if you're me. Uh, you're gonna go on and on and on and on and like talk Ramble. about three different things, and then people are like, "Dude, it's like it's like an hour tour, and we're to <laughs> up on an hour." Yeah, yeah. kind of cuts well, into things.
0: Pro tip: If you do have to speak publicly, and you are stoned and you get the cotton mouth, <laughs> eat an apple, bite into an apple. Ooh. It's super helpful for relieving that. <laughs> but um, all your stories you're just telling about, like, do they know? Brought me back to one of our early dates. When we went to a wonderful steakhouse. (laughs) Do you remember this?
1: Oh, yeah. I know what you're going to talk about. (laughs) That was the first time I took you out to like a fancy schmancy dinner. Wasn't that our first anniversary or something?
0: I think so. Yeah. I decided to get like the surf and turf with some lobster and some steak. And it was one of those restaurants where when you walk in, the waiter pulls your chair out to seat you.
1: We went to one of like the three most expensive restaurants in town in Columbia. Yes. Maybe even one of the two most.
0: It was worth it. It was really good. But regardless. So the waiter already confused me when he pulled my seat up for me. And I was like, okay, thanks, dude. (laughs) Sat down and then had to, like, scoot it forward because I'm half a person in height. Um, But we're sitting there, and we just put in our order. And we were smoking some stanky stank. Good, good, bud. And as the loud, it was
1: loud. Shit was loud.
0: And we were probably hot boxing it. So I was like, oh, shit, we you smell like weed? People were looking at us because we weren't like, we were dressed up in our hippie way, you know, this like alt fashion sort of way. And anyway, the waiter comes back and he puts this like candle on the table. And I look at Spencer. I'm like, what is that? You're like, I don't know. And I was like. Because we stink, like is it a candle? Because we were making the place smell like a reefer. And we sat there and sat there and sat there. Turned out, fine hogsters in the smoker with us tonight. It was a butter warmer. It was for warming the butter <laughs> for the
1: lobster. Keeping the. But butt. I was
0: I was on edge for a moment there. I was like, Damn. we really
1: thought that they had brought over some kind of like little wax melter tea candle because we smelled like weed <laughs>
0: yeah to cover them <laughs>
1: like we were looking around because nobody else drama. had ordered the lobster that we had seen at least because we're looking around we're the only table with that shit on and we're like what oh my god are we that fucking but yeah all it was it was misinterpreted by yeah. your stoned minds yes exactly she says paranoia strikes again yep it
0: does Paranoia. Great faint song.
1: It's not even on my board Well, anymore. I
0: made you take that. I That was the first ISO I recommended to you. I said...
1: <coughs> <coughs> oh, shit.
0: <laughs> I said, I need the faint. I need that one line. Paranoia. So you can just play it. But no, you didn't upload it to the board. That's all right.
1: I'll do it on the fly. Better, watch but, this.
0: I'm watching. I'm waiting. Paranoia! Hey, there Paranoia! it is. Paranoia!
1: Paranoia! you go there's three of them
0: thank you (laughs) i feel so special i didn't even comment on the stone sex thing i feel like though we are going to keep on winning 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 i love being stoned and being sexy because it's like that voice in your head as a woman at least like this voice that's like constantly tearing me down like the judgmental voice it's like this is you're fucking it up or like your face is ugly whatever <laughs> whatever <laughs> that voice in my head says to me that day you didn't put your eye makeup on right whatever i don't even wear makeup it goes away it's like hushed and quiet and your walls come down and so then you can just like open up and receive and give and get past that wall enjoy giving blowjobs Figure out what deep throat was all about. <laughs> Remember that epiphany? Uh-huh. It's like, well, you can. You can have a throat orgasm. That's for another episode, I guess. Um. 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 Yeah, we well, have yeah, some good sex in this house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and that's what I wanted to bring up that we were going to talk about on the last episode of Bull After Bull that we forgot which is our rope play adventures. Oh, sure. Rope play is new for us. Mm -hmm. And we had worked with like a really soft rope the first time, doing some shibari stuff. And this time we used jute rope. And you just did like a free flow of knots, right? What is going on? That's
1: (laughs) your computer. Here, I'm sorry, I'll mute it.
0: Thank you. You just did like a free flow of knots that night,
1: right? Yeah, so I started with, like, uh, you always start with what they call a single-column tie, which I always knew is like a bowline. It basically works the same way. It's a loop that doesn't slip. So you start with that, and that way, like, any other row, like, usually if you tie a knot, like, either a normal knot or a slip knot or any kind of knot, when you're when you're moving around and manipulating it, either the person being tied up or the person continuing to tie it, as you pull on it, it gets tighter and tighter and tighter. With a bowline, it tightens around itself. So it's known in the... I learned it in the scouts as a rescue knot. Yeah. Because if you throw somebody a rope who's out in a lake, say, and you, like, make a loop or a lasso or a noose or any of that shit, and then you start to pull them in, like three people are pulling them in, you can actually kill them just pulling them in because cinch is so tight. Oh, shit. But if you have a bowline it um, bites the rope instead of it's basically immobile once you get it tied so the loop doesn't slide the knot doesn't slide so it just pulls them in and it's a fixed loop so that's what I started with and then I kind of just started weaving I kind of knew like the areas I wanted to hit because the first time when we went soft rope I didn't uh, we I only had did a rope upper body
0: really quickly and that was what 50 feet of rope mm-hmm. and it just did the torso that was wild to me yeah.
1: We did a diamond pattern too, that kind of crisscrosses a lot. Yeah. So it uses kind of more rope. Um, and then with the jute, I think it's like thinner in diameter. <coughs> Excuse me, it's thinner in diameter, so like the knots don't really take up as much space. You know.
0: It, it was rough though.
1: Yeah, it wasn't like any kind of wax coated uh, jute that no. like is made for tying up naked ladies. I guess Bishop. Of Smashcast recommended that I like look into that Yeah It was super rough And then I also did like a crotch rope on you too So like part of it came up under the crotch
0: Yeah right over my clit Rubbity rub rub When you're like moving it, it Up and down Yeah, That was rough but It was still like fun and nice Yeah And I feel like I enjoyed it more Our rope experience more this time The second time than the first time because it's like a more familiar, comfortable space to be in again. Because that first time I did have to like settle down my feelings of like cl- almost claustrophobia. Like, oh, Paranoia! Whatever, dude. <laughs> I'm not paranoid you're an Eagle Scout. <laughs> I know you're not going to choke me to death. Or... It's, your, I,
1: it's your favorite <laughs> ISO. I just wanted to thank you. Add thank it
0: you. I'm glad you put it on the machine. I love the faint. And I love Closeness, who I played in the pre stream which is like a little pet project of the lead singer of The Faint and his wife. So much fun. So good live, both those bands.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely a fun time. Must see. All right, baby. Well, Uh -uh. did you have any thoughts to add at the end here before we try to wrap up? We can slide into a post-show thing and wrap up the main.
0: I'll just let you go.
1: Just let you go. Yeah.
0: Just Fletcher, you go. (laughs) Thanks again, Fletcher.
1: Thank you, Fletcher. (laughs) Thanks to everybody in the smoker uh, and all the people that, you know, made the live stream possible.
0: May your bowls burn ever brighter.
1: Thanks to Dame Jen for the reads there.
0: Thanks, Dame Jennifer.
1: And uh, all those juicy links, including to Dame Jennifer. I believe she bought DameJennifer.com.
0: She also bought Jennifer.
1: She bought jamedennifer.com because <laughs> yes. she was rechristened on the last uh, episode of No Agenda uh, and is now known as... Uh, both. Both Dame Jennifer and Jennifer. Well, thanks, everybody, <laughs> so much for <laughs> hanging out, packing a little bit longer of a bowl this time. Yes. We'll be coming at you next Tuesday live here, same place.
0: Same time, same time same 10 p.m.
1: 10 p.m. Central. Central. Come early for the pre stream tunes.
0: Alright, well, I'm Lorian.
1: And I'm Spencer.
0: May your bowl burn, burn ever
1: brighter. I'm being baked. I'm being baked like a cake. Do you mind if I do it,